Welcome to the Blue Bloods Podcast. A college game time production. Quarterback draw. He's got a running room. And a first down. Watch out. He's got getaway speed. Touchdown. That game on last night had me sweating. I couldn't believe it. It was college game time. A couple of Blue Bloods out competing. College game day Saturdays. Big time players making plays. All I really need is another weekend full of back to back games. Just me and my friends, man. I love college. College football. I love March Madness. Man, I love college. Get it. Episode 37 of the Blue Bloods wow. Podcast. Week up, one is over. Week one is done. So we are going to relive the five straight days of college football madness that we got. Then we're going to look ahead to week two. Yeah, it was a crazy week. What a week. Um, <laughs> but before we get into that, there's two things I want to I want to get into, B. Holmes. Um, yep. The first one is this. Is it me... Or does college game day kind of suck now? Oh, it's terrible. I think I tweeted it. I, I think tweeted you did that. too. I was like, no, I did tweet it. Actually, I don't even have to think. I know I did tweet it. I was like, this is terrible. Like, there used to be this, I can't wake up to see game day. And I was watching game day like, oh, man, I'll just run my errands first thing in the morning from here on out instead of wasting three hours on the couch. Dude, yeah. Like, I took my family to breakfast on Saturday. I, I, <laughs> I mean, I'm going, this is... Like usually we have that on while we're doing family stuff and I'm watching and then yep and I'm hoping as the season gets going and there's some more like like more storylines and and you know the things that really draw you into that show start to develop but man listen to those guys talk now is kind of painful like well somebody gave me an interesting perspective sure I'll give it to you Corey Dimmel um okay. we were talking about it in his office and he was like do you do we think we just and he said this before game day? So kudos to him. The politic the politicization the ah, po- politicalization. Thank you. It's still early. I don't even know if I said recording. it right. I don't yeah. even know if I said it right, but I know what you're <laughs> but trying whatever. to say. Whatever. Yeah. Of of um of networks because of the big deal that the Big Ten just signed with um you know NBC Fox now obviously SEC belongs to ESPN. Are you going to start seeing this terrible game day experience? Because who are you going to talk about? You're going to talk about the people that write the checks for you. Um, yeah. And as I was watching that, I was like, man, is this like really happening right now? Because I watched part of it and it just seemed like it lacked the luster. But I knew exactly what they were going to talk about on the show, um, which is interesting because it's always been that way before. It just seemed dead. I don't know what's going on i don't know if they need new blood i mean i love corso he's like living the dream but it just feels something's missing and i just don't know what it is but then i also thought about look at what barstool's doing you remember last year we were texting about that how they just yeah. did their own version of like game day and dude they had more people show up to their Way thing than people. than game day so maybe there's just like this thing where social media has allowed people to have so many different platforms, like you kind of go to your favorite voices and you're not forced to go to game day anymore. Well, and that's the thing though, even on Saturday though, I mean, Ohio state, it was a great turnout. Like the crowd energy was there. It, for me, it's actually listening to those guys talk in their analysis. (laughs) 
yeah. it's either it's either forced or it's I mean like poor Corso man I don't know if he's just he's he, you know obviously he's getting up there in age yeah. but listening to him and Kirk Herbstreet like it kind of reminds me of this type of scenario you know when you have a very elderly family member and like they're getting ready to tell you a story for like the thousandth time, but like <laughs> yeah. you act like you've never heard it before and yes. you kind of feed them because they kind of start getting lost in it. And you're like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you laugh right. at this part. No, you did what? And then what'd you right. do? Wait, wait, did you go? And you kind of like, it's like you're kind you, of you helping them. Yeah, you're yeah. guiding them. And that's how it feels between Kirk and Corso now. Corso used to be like the... The loose cannon, the guy, the, man. Yeah, he'd yeah. come up there, you know, and you, you couldn't wait to hear what he had to say. Um, and then I, I don't know, just some of the the takes. It's like, okay, have we really gotten to this part of society now where we're just gonna say whatever we need to say to drive interaction on social media? Yeah, like if I could say something completely outlandish and and get myself trending on twitter like that's gonna help my profile that's gonna help me keep right. my job but to like a pure college football fan you're watching just like okay there's no way yeah. he really he really believes, that. believes <laughs> right. that that is exclusively for some attention or you know for, re- for clicks man it's all for clicks so anyways um i had to i had to get that out there but um more importantly the second thing is a huge announcement was made right before the season kicked off on thursday and uh that's that we will have a expanded college football playoff we're gonna go to 12 teams and and the graphic i saw it sounds like they're gonna take the top five was it top Mm. five or top six um ranked conference champions so now yep. even with with um everything getting blown up from a realignment standpoint right conferences like the big 12 and pac 12 should still have representation given that whoever their conference champion is will probably be top five out of right. the conference champions that's what it's saying right. it's not saying in the in the overall rankings it's saying out of the conference champions the top five have an automatic bid. I don't know if it was top five or top six, but um, anyways, what are your thoughts on that? I've, I obviously have some things on this. Um, I'm excited about it, but yeah, I want to first hear off, your... I, I think I'm super excited about it. I was pumped. I, I was sitting in a meeting when it like came out and I was like, Oh, I tried to contain my excitement in the midst of, <laughs> uh, in the midst of a meeting. But uh, I was listening to Joel Clack this morning. He he actually made like a really good point. Now I know like Pate State really believes in not expanding the playoff. He thinks we have a problem. He's starting to wear it, me out with that, and I'll I'll talk about it in a second. But go ahead. But I think it's good because I think it's Clack made a point. He was like, you know, when it's a fourteen playoff, I think we've only had thirteen teams made the playoff. That's only ten percent of college football teams. Whereas when he went back. I think from when the playoffs started to now, which was like eight or nine seasons, and if it had the twelve, uh, the twelve uh, team model, I think it was something odd. Like it was, uh, it would have been a total of like forty-one te- different teams would have made the playoffs, which now accumulates for like almost thirty percent. I think you said I might be jump- jacking up the math a little bit, but I was like, 
man, that's a really good, and he made the point of, man, that's a really good percentage. Like, think about success in college football now is all about making the playoff. Like, that's what it's about. How much more that helps recruiting when you're like, oh, this, even this group of five team may have made it. Like, look at Cincinnati. They would have probably made the last three playoffs. Um, What does that do for them, especially as they're going into the Big 12? Um, And I I think that's huge. I think it's, um, I think long gone the days, and maybe I'm even pivoting that way, where, well, I've always felt like you 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 want to win a national title, like that's the that's the glory of it all. And yeah, growing up as a Michigan fan, it was like, oh, we're playing in the Rose Bowl, but no one's going to say they would have rather replaced uh, a Rose Bowl without a national championship. Like I would yeah. rather have a national title than a Rose Bowl. Um, and so I think long gone are the days of the, oh, you know. Pac-12 versus Big Ten in the Rose Bowl, and that's what matters. No, natties matter. Natties. <laughs> like, I would trade every Rose Bowl for for a national championship. And I think it's great, man. I think we finally get to see all the matchups. Like, I think about a team like last year. Like, I would have loved to see Georgia versus Ohio State last year. That mm-hmm. potentially could have happened in the 12-team playoff where you're like, yeah, they had that all-world defense. But, man, Ohio State had an all-world offense last year. Um so I, th- I think it gives us some of the matches we want to see. Yes, the Bamas are going to be Bamas. The Georgias are going to be Georgia. But I think it gives us parity. And like you said, that's the greatest thing about college football. It's any given Saturday. Anything can happen. Um, and then I think it helps the recruiting where you do get the parity you want because now you have not the same six teams trading spots in the playoff. Now you might have the same 30 teams rotating over the next five years. So I think it's a great move, and I hope we get it done sooner than later. Well, it sounds like 2026 is, is the cutoff, when, right? Is is when it, it it should go into effect. If not, like you said, not sooner. I mean, who knows, right? Because they're saying right. now the OU Texas jump to the SEC is probably going to be expedited. All those things. So yeah, here's here's my thing. I really feel like I've had the same stance since a year ago, or whenever this all became a topic of discussion. Because you remember, I went on a whole tangent making a case for a 32-team playoff. You did, I remember you that. You know, like, just Nixon, like March championship Madden, yeah. weekend, just turned December into, right? And that's on a former video. You can scroll through our YouTube if you'd like, or find the episode where we talked about that uh, last year. My thing is this, and, and kind of getting back to Pate State's point, because you mentioned him, he's so adamantly against expansion, and, and, and like, he's really taking it a little overboard, in my opinion, because it's like he's this end-all, be-all holder of knowledge that that knows that this will destroy college football. My thing is, is like the 14 playoff already did that. Like bowl season is awful. It's yeah. awful. And so right. my stance from the beginning has been there's one of two ways to bring some restoration back to bowl season in, in, in college football is either A, expand the playoffs, right, or B, go back to how things used to be where everyone plays for their regional bowl game, mm-hmm. and then all those bowl games mean something because whoever's playing in the Fiesta Bowl and whoever's playing in the Rose Bowl, whoever's playing in the Orange Bowl, depending on how all those games shake out, could determine who the national champion is. And so at that point, the bowls games were meaningful. Now, right. we're not going to do that because, one, there's there's – there's no money in that anymore. Too much money on the table, man. And nothing is regional about college football now. So nothing. it makes absolutely no sense. Like, hey, when you had a Southwest Conference and a Southeastern Conference, and both of those 
groups of teams were all in the Southeast and in the Southwest, and then they played in the Cotton Bowl at the end of the season. Then you had the Rose Bowl with the Pac-12. Pac-10, actually, and yeah, Big Ten champions right. who were in a region. You know, I mean, I remember uh, 96, Arizona State had a chance at a national championship, but they lost to Ohio State in the Rose Bowl, which then opened up the opportunity for uh, the Florida State-Florida rematch to be for the national title. But when all those games are happening kind of in the same exact time frame, like you, you're just you're preparing and going into the bowl game like it has some meaning. Okay, so off of that. Why I think a 12-team playoff will ultimately be good for college football. And this is where I do agree with, with Pate. He's saying it's not going to change who the two teams playing for it all are in the end. Okay, fair enough. Fine. Fine. Let's say it's going to be Alabama-Georgia every year or, or whoever those two teams are. You know, for, for a short window there, it was Alabama-Clemson. Now it seems right. to be Alabama-Georgia. You know, Ohio State creeps in there every now and then, whatever. Here's my thing. And I, 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 you know, I bring it back to this every single time. If you listen to our show, you know, my favorite time of the year is March Madness, right? Yep. But still, regardless of how crazy March Madness gets, most of the time, you still will have three or four Blue Bloods in the final four every single year. Yep. So does that mean we should just do away with the bracket <laughs> and do away with the tournament and take the top four teams ranked and let them play it out for a national champion? No, no. that would destroy college basketball because people get excited about March Madness. Guess what? There's still blowouts in March Madness. Yep. There's still, there's still uh, unbalanced matchups that turn into, you know, unwatchable games here and there. There's still, like I said, the same three or four cohort of teams that end up in the final four every year. But why do we go crazy for it? Because the hope of a Cinderella story, mm -hmm. everyone competing at the highest level possible, the mm -hmm. chance of an upset, the opportunity to root for an underdog. That's what makes sports what it is. And so when you expand the playoffs to 12 teams, I don't care if you look at the bracket and you got Alabama with a bye week over here and Georgia with a bye week over here, knowing that most likely they're going to be playing for the championship. It's knowing that there's an opportunity to root for an underdog in a meaningful game that gets me excited as a yeah. sports fan. And then who knows? You never know. The, the, never the, know. the, the stars align just right. You never have know. the perfectly executed game plan, and then boom, the upset happens. And I think everyone who is against playoff expansion, all it's going to take is for that one Cinderella team. Who cares if the Cinderella team gets beat 63 to nothing by Georgia in the semifinal? Right. Watching them upset the, you know, or in the whatever, the, the, right. the championship game. And here's the last thing I'll say on it. What it's also done is it's given us as fans, as consumers of the game, now we have 11 meaningful bowl games to watch instead yep. of three. Yep. Right? Because think about it. Or, or maybe I'll say, I'll say four because it's, it's usually whatever bowl game your team is in mm -hmm. and then the two CFP games and the national championship. Like those right. are really the only like meaningful games. Now, 
if you're a fan, like I'll still watch the, you know, I put it on the little Twitter. Caesars ball. Yeah, the, yeah. whatever bowl. <laughs> it's on a random Wednesday night at the end of December. But, you know, at this point, even the New Year's six games, I mean, you don't even get the actual teams no. playing. Everyone's opting out, no one's playing. Whereas you got 12 team playoff. Now, if I'm, because I would think on the bracket, you would have, I'm going to see if I can pull one up. You would have four teams receiving a bye week, mm-hmm. right? And then yep. you'd have four games the first weekend. Yeah. One, two, three, four. Then you'd have one, two, three. Wait. One, two, three, four. You have. Can I not count? Oh, no. You'd have one, two, three, four, five, six, mm-hmm. seven, eight, nine, ten, and then 11 being the national championship. So, yeah. So I think I, I, great I, I tweeted about this and I was thinking nine. I don't know why, but no, you'd have 11 meaningful bowl games now. Compared to, or 12, if you throw your team in there. Yep. If compared to, to three. So I'm all for it. Um, you know, I, I even Listen. made a case for 32. I mean, every other division of college football does that. Yeah. Except the highest division. So it's, it's silly. I mean, we, I think about it like, think it was one of the greatest games we've ever seen in, in, in the bowl season. It's Boise when they beat OU. Like, if you think about that Boise team that was just, and I think people forget about all the intangibles and all the other stuff that comes with that. Like, could you imagine they just beat OU and then they have to go play somebody else and it's like they got the momentum, they believe they can do it. And momentum is everything in college football. Yeah. And there's not a long layoff between the game they just won versus the next game. Like, you would be – I think we're – like I said, I, like you said, I believe most of the time it is going to be the Blue Bloods are going to win, the Bamas, the Georgias, the Ohio States, um, the USC with, with Lincoln Riley and those guys possibly have the opportunity to do. But I but I think every now and then, man, you're going to get that that Butler story mm-hmm. from – you know, and then they went to like back-to-back <laughs> uh, finals, if, I, if I'm correct, in NCAA. Like you just yeah. – it just takes, you know, you just never know. So, no, I'm all for it, man. It it's, it makes bowl season exciting again because I barely watched the Rose Bowl last year, and that was Utah versus Ohio State, and it was a great game. But I remember I was like, eh, I'm going to play my Switch with it in the background versus being, like, locked in on what's happening. Right. And I think we, we can't get too over-analytical with it to the point where we forget that a big part of being a sports fan is is – the hope of an upset, the hope of a Cinderella story. But also if you look at what that first round slate of games could be, those could end up being some really good games, really good games. You know, it's not until the, the, the probably the next round and even the next round, you never know. It probably wouldn't be till the semifinal and the final where it starts to get whatever. But, um, okay. So we, we texted about this. Because we're not going to get another five straight days of college football until bowl season, we're going to kind of switch up our template this week. And let's just go Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And then we'll look ahead to this upcoming slate of games, kind of what we're looking forward to, and then be done with it. So that all being said, Thursday, I know which... Does, is it me or does it feel like Thursday was like a month ago? <laughs> it really does, man. I was like sitting there yesterday like, why does this feel like this is Wednesday all over again? Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I feel like I just these five days have been a blur. Um, So 
talk to me. I'll, I'll try to uh, uh, mix it up. So talk about what most. I'll stay away from your game on Thursday. So okay. I'm gonna talk about that. I'm gonna. T- <laughs> I already know where game you're at. Um, but man, the game that well won. I I won a little something from it. Was this West Virginia Pitt game? Um, bro, and the backyard brawl to Ooh. me probably one of the best games of the weekend. The mm. atmosphere was electric. Like I've never seen. What is that? What's the new state? It's not Heinz Field Stadium anymore. It's whatever it is now, right? Yeah, it's I don't, it's, really I don't it's Heinz. It'll always be Heinz to me. I don't care what anyone says. It'd be three rivers to me. Right, yeah. <laughs> it, it dude, it, it's Heinz to me. <laughs> like Heinz, bro, was packed. Like, I don't think I've ever seen a pit game packed. Mm. I don't I, I can't even recall the last like and I've watched Pitt through the years because they normally on that noon slot. Pat right. Narduzzi came from Michigan State. So I've always kind of had an interest in Pitt, like just what they were doing. I had a buddy that played there, Joe Cap. Um, mm. Man, wow, what a throwback name. But um, I've always kind of kept yes. Pitt like, <laughs> yeah, Joe Cap played at Pitt. Um, so I've always kind of kept up with them over the years. But, man, just the energy. Then it was like the storylines behind the Keaton Slovis versus JT Daniels, mm. Graham Harrell, who was the OC at uh, at SC for both of them now is at West Virginia. I mean, that game was so electric, so back and forth. And I was like, why has it been so long since we've had the freaking backyard brawl? Yeah. Like, this should be a staple game. I love it. Every they should year. do it every year at the top first game of the year. I think it brought some, honestly, it brought some great parity to the game. It's huge implications on um, just on that rivalry, even though they're not in the same. But for Pitt, it meant something. These guys are ranked. They're in yeah. the top 25. You're trying not to get upset. You're trying to prove that you're everything without Jordan Addison and Kenny Pickett. Mm. And, man, the game didn't fail to deliver. I mean, in yeah. the game on a on West Virginia's best wide receiver, who I – oh, man, I can't think of his name. Actually, I can't right now. I can pull it up. Um, Who was just – honestly, he was killing them all game. And then all of a sudden he – what is his name? Brian – Ford Wheaton. Bryce Ford Wheaton. Dude was just – killing them mm. and then drops the wide open pass off his hands and then they take it back for the pick six like bro you can't ask mm. for for a better opening game and for college football exploded it exploded and i'm talking about man i mean i'm honest i had a little something on this so i'm like sweating bullets like yo they can't stop this guy and then they had the true freshman from miami who was like 6'2 230 mm. running through i mean it was a fun that i it for the first time ever, I could say it made me want to be at a pit game. Mm. Like, I was like, oh, I want to go to a backyard brawl. Like, the energy was great, probably because they're in an NFL stadium and they can sell beer. Um, So that's probably a big, <laughs> big yeah. help in that. But, dude, I think the backyard brawl was the perfect way to kick off college football season. What a game. Well, and I, I kind of agree with what you were saying last night while we were both trying not to uh, – trying to stick through that snooze fest of a game between Clemson and Georgia Tech, where you were saying they should have played the backyard brawl on Monday night instead of Thursday. I like that idea, and then I like your idea of let's do that every year. Let's just start the season with that every year on that first Monday. Or if we want to kick it off on Thursday, that's fine too. That's fine. Um, Any other games? You want to I think, go over from Thursday? I think the only thing was, uh, man, uh, no. I mean, Oklahoma State looked decent. They looked good. Um, Their I defense mean, looked awful. Yeah, the offense was great. And then what's they gave up. But what's crazy is, like, Derek Mason is their D.C. now. And, I, I mean, oh, I was man. so high on him. And 
he him leaving Auburn when he did, and you know there was some smoke around him maybe going to Notre Dame, and then I mean, wow, I mean that that defense struggled, but yeah, I mean they still um. I mean, CMU covered the spread. So for all those guys that played the spread on CMU, was they? I had a friend that was playing. He's like, Kimberly, they're getting blown out. Then I looked at it. I was like, man, I think you might want to check the score, bro. I think they covered the spread. <laughs> so oh. outside of that, no, that was my favorite game that on Thursday, man. That, that backyard brawl was incredible. All right. Well, I got a couple here. I'm obviously going to lead with the Purdue-Penn State. Exactly my worst nightmare, what I was afraid and nervous was going to happen. <laughs> I was so invested in that Purdue-Penn State game. I oh, mean, yeah. it was it was almost as if I was watching an Arkansas game. I mean, you know, like, I, I'm like on pins and needles. And I, I felt like Purdue had their chances. I mean, oh, they I don't did. know how, I don't know how much of it was Penn State beating them versus Purdue beating themselves. I mean, you had uh, Joey Porter's son, the former linebacker for the yeah. Steelers. His son is a corner at Penn State who personally I had never even heard of. Really? But after Thursday, yeah, I really – no, I didn't – I mean, no. And then Thursday I'm like, oh, that yeah, that's a first-rounder. And yep. then if you didn't – if he didn't have enough film showing that he's a first rounder, <laughs> Purdue gave him plenty of opportunity to show that he's a first rounder. Because yeah. for whatever reason, they just continued to throw at him and got the same result over and over and over and over again, which was a receiver not being open and Porter making a play. Um, <clears throat> I mean, that was the most baffling thing to me, especially when you have a 60-year senior quarterback, who, by the way, if you watch the game, you know how old he is because they told us every <laughs> opportunity they could that it was his birthday and he's 24 years old. It's like, that would have been a drinking game. For those of you that play drinking right. games, there used to be the Vern Lindquist, uh, Tim Tebow drinking game back in the day. Yeah, Like, the Aiden O'Connell age uh, uh, would have been a good game, one right? on Thursday. <laughs> But I don't know. I mean, I don't have a whole lot more to say about it other than what you were texting me during the game was like, dude, this is what Penn State does all the time. All the time. They just hang around, hang around, hang around in a game that they should not win. And then at the very end, they swipe it. And that's exactly what happened. I'm so disappointed. Like, I am so disappointed. But then I texted you on Friday. I woke up and I said, man. I'm so glad I'm not a real Purdue fan. Otherwise, like I'd be sick right now after Bro, losing be that game. Well, it it was like arrogance. I felt like it was like arrogance from Aiden mm. O'Connell. Like I'm going to prove I am good. I'm going to prove that I'm arguably the second best quarterback in the Big Ten. Mm. And I'm going to. And it was. Well, I just didn't understand the play calling either. Though at the end of the game, I saw this. Yeah. The last two drives where they could have ended it. I think it was like they threw the ball eleven times. Nine of them were incomplete. And it wasn't like they couldn't run the football. Like, it wasn't right. like they were having a bat. Just run the freaking football, man. Like, mm. and go. I was highly disturbed because I'm like, why can't this be like NCAA? This is really easy right now. You yeah. just freaking run the dive up the middle. And even <laughs> yeah. if they stop it, the four, like, at least you got the clock running. The fact right. that you stopped the clock and gave, because what they marched down the field with like two minutes and 37 seconds left on the clock. And I mean, it was like six pays. Bang, bang, boom, score. And I was like, well, there it is, man. There, there it, is. it was frustrating. It was freaking frustrating. Well, I went all in on Purdue as my dark horse in the Big Ten. And look, they, there's still a lot of season to play, right? It's, it's, it's week one, so there's going to be some massive overreaction. So 
it wasn't so much that they lost that game. It was the way they lost that game. And the fact that I was saying from the beginning, this is arguably their toughest matchup to start the season because somehow they managed to pull a schedule where they don't have to play Ohio State, they don't have to play Michigan State, and they don't have to play Michigan. So literally their toughest crossover opponent this year, they got week one at home on a Thursday night against Penn State, had a chance to win it, gave it away. So the only other game from that night I want to talk about, I'm not going to talk a lot about, but it's my other team that I talked about as being a potential Big Ten uh, uh, sort of sleeper, dark horse, whatever you want to call it. And that was Minnesota having their – Oh, yeah, they did uh, play Thursday. Yeah, and they had their running back back. Uh, yep. It was actually Jerry Kill, the former Minnesota coach, was coaching New Mexico State. Yep. And look, Minnesota blasting them, 38 nothing, Lightweight, light work. It was easy. I'm curious to see how Minnesota looks in like big games. But you remember last year, because I remember you kind of like, that was your bold prediction was oh, Minnesota Ohio over State. Ohio State. And it really wasn't until old boy went down. What did it kill Ibrahim, Ibrahim? Yeah, Ibrahim. Ibrahim, yeah, he, he went he went down, and but he was back. He looked strong, so I, I've kind of got my eye on them as far as the Big Ten. But all right, let's move on to Friday night. Wasn't quite as heavy of a slate of games, but there are there are a couple games worth talking about. So yeah, I mean i I was at dinner, so I caught the back end of it. But the MSU Western Michigan, it wasn't as close as it looks. I mean, it wasn't as wide as it looks. Well, it was, it was closer lot, than it, it looks. Closer than it looks. That's what I meant to say. It was closer yeah, than what yeah. it looked. Um, which was what I said about yeah. Michigan State. Don't get me wrong; it's Week One. We'll they'll give time, but I still was. Um, I was just like, oh, okay. Like I went back and watched the game, and I was like. Oh man, Western Michigan actually a couple if a couple things go their way or if they make a play here or there because it was close until the fourth quarter. I think mm. the fourth quarter is when it really spent the you know turned a corner and you know they opened up the gap on them. But um, you know I I think for me it just kind of solidified. I think Michigan State has some guys like they they got some guys, but I think the team that we saw last year I don't think it's there. Um, it don't it didn't even feel like. You remember we watched Mel Tucker last year, week one, and we were like, against Northwestern, we were like, dude, this team, this just feels They had like an inspiring aura to them. It it just felt, I didn't feel, like that's what I was looking to see, like, did it still feel like that, let's bring them to the deep and let's see if they, because they'll drown. I just didn't feel, it it just, I don't know, and it just wasn't translating that way through the TV. Obviously, we don't know what's happening behind closed doors, but... It that team last year at Michigan State felt different. Like it was like, hmm. This year I was like, uh, I don't know. Like I I just didn't feel it. So I'm interested to see how they kind of play out through the rest of the year. But that was really the game I really kind of paid attention to. And then obviously Illinois Indiana man, which that was actually a pretty good game. I mean, it was. Another it was a good game for me. But yeah, it was a good game. Yeah, because you, you were watching Illinois, I'm right? high on Illinois, man. I was. Well, I, I didn't have them predict. I'm not saying they were going to, like, challenge for the conference. Really what I said was I think they win seven, seven, eight games. They, they You know, they go which to bowl doable. game, which I think is doable. But I think, like, what made it doable was beating a team like Indiana. Not to take away from Indiana because they've started yeah. to pull, pull themselves together here uh, with, with a pretty pretty competitive program the last few years. But I really thought – and if you watch the game, like they had every opportunity to win that game. Yeah, you know, um, they did. They gave it away. They they but that's 
I mean, as an Arkansas fan, that was kind of Bielema's, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> narrative at Arkansas. It's like, you, you, you're in it, you're winning, you're winning, you're winning. Oh, we just lost. Um, <clears throat> I think the only other game from that night was uh, TCU Colorado. Sonny uh, Dykes, baby. Yeah, Sonny Dykes debut. Uh, Chandler Morris, son of Chad Morris, mm-hmm. uh, starting quarterback. He actually went down. And the guy who came in played really well. I can't remember. Uh, was it like JT? I don't. I can't remember who it was. But guy came in, played well, and it sounds like he's going to be the guy for a couple weeks. Because I guess whatever's going on with Chandler Morris is, Ooh. he's he's going to be he's going to miss some time. But yeah, uh, I thought that the the TCU, you know, it was kind of one of those odd games because it was a really late game on a Friday, yeah. and I'm sure for Texas. Those Texas boys, you know, they're on the Pacific time or mountain time, whatever it mountain is in time. Colorado. And uh, in Colorado, man, they look very flat offensively. Um, I kind of expected their offense to look a lot better than what it did. but Well, they lost their best running back to Michigan State. He transferred. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. and they also got one of Wisconsin's running backs, yep. um, which they was the one long. that actually started to kind of find a rhythm later in that game against Western Michigan. So – Maybe that'll kind of be an X factor. Is it Jalen Berger? Is that the guy from Wisconsin? I think so. Yeah. So kind of see how he how he how he does. But okay, let's let's get to Saturday because that was the Saturday was drunk. Oh, <laughs> Saturday was awesome. It was great. I had to work, but literally I was nowhere without a MacBook or an iPad <laughs> in my hand the entire time. <laughs> like the entire time. I mean. Where do we begin? I mean, I guess 11 a.m. You can kick this one off because I know what you were. I know what you had on at 11 a.m. or I guess 12 p.m. You know, your my time. time. Well, actually, man, I was funneling between before I even talk about my boys. UNC Appalachian State was <laughs> incredible. I sprinkled a little bit on UNC because they had UNC as the underdog because of Joshua Downs wasn't playing, and I was like, dude, I just watched this kid light up Florida State. I mean, Florida and FAMU last week. They can. That game from start to finish was, in, I mean, 63 61, there was no defense being played. No. Like, zero defense. But even like the last, what, minute of the game where Appalachian State scores, go for two, then they onside kick, UNC takes it back, Appalachian State gets it back. And sco- like, it was just, and here's the funny part, because, bro, I'm like walking on, um, so UNC's like up. They just run the uh, onside kick back. So I'm on stage like this weekend. I literally hand Corey my iPad, bro. It's like 57 seconds left in the game. I walk on stage. <laughs> like, bro, I'm on stage for four minutes. Four. Four. I come off stage. He's like, oh, man, great job. He's like watching the Nebraska game because I was like, well, the game's over. They run it back. So I just happened to check the score, and I'm like, I believe the State's down two. I'm going, what? happened in four minutes like bro so that was just an incredible incredible game is it maze at unc i mean yeah the dude's gonna he's gonna light up some scoreboards this year man i'm excited i'm gonna i'm gonna keep my eye on unc just for him Um, i want to see how he does against an actual defense though because he's had two you know kind of gimmies these first couple weeks crazy thing about that app state game is i think app state alone scored 40 points in the fourth quarter it was That's incredible. insane. It was incredible. It was 
one of the, I mean, that was a great way to kick off. You no, know, obviously, I watched my boys in blue, which um, I mean, That's we were texting about that. I had a bunch of guys text me about that. And here's my thing, like, and I'm not gonna like belabor that because we can't have a cupcake um non conference schedule this year. I think I'm more excited for this week though for what's getting ready to happen. Um, yeah. obviously, we know the quarterback controversy. You had K McNamara it was supposed to start this game. JJ was supposed to start this upcoming game. And um, you know, and Cade play. I think he was uh seven for eighteen, eight for eighteen for a hundred and something yards. But sixty one of those yards just came on. Shout out to Roman Wilson. The dude's a legit four three guy. Mm-hmm. But ran that on that sixty one uh, yard screen route. I'll just say this: the defense looked great. Um, I mean, it's Colorado State. Obviously, it's Jay Norvell. He brought most of Nevada over with him. But to still get seven sacks and nine tackles for loss. I mean, like that's a good. Hey, I like how that looked. Great continuation. Um, I'm just excited for JJ, man. Like, mm. me and you were texting about it. The The offense just looks better when he's in there. It just feels better. And though, I mean, you don't have to be a college football, like, coach or genius to understand. When d- the dude can do something with his legs, it just opens up your playbook. Right. And the, and the guy has an NFL arm. I'm, mm. And this isn't me being just, like, a fan. This is realistic. The kid, he he has NFL talent. It's for sure. Um, so outside of that, from that noon slate, that's really, oh, well, and then I'm going to talk about your boys, but we could swing back around later if you want to talk about the, the big night game. Well, they weren't till three 30, right? They till, yeah. Till later. Um, I do want to say something on that Michigan, the, if you're just a college football storyline type of person, even if you're not a Michigan fan, like I'm not a Michigan fan. I'm a, I'm, I'm a Michigan, I'm an adopted Michigan fan since I knew Brandon. Like it's funny yeah. because like I've, <laughs> I've actually always leaned towards Michigan state my whole life. And then when I got, I met Brandon like over a decade ago and got to know him, I was like, Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, I, he, he kind of yeah. made me like, <laughs> like Michigan. I'll, so I'm going to sell you on Michigan. So now, you know, I, I, I will tune into them. Um, but even as just a non-fan, this whole Harbaugh double, you know, two quarterback sort of approach, which hey, is biblical, and uh, <laughs> and and actually, I don't know if you know this, but if you were watching, so John Harbaugh he texted, texted the announce RG three RG three because yep. yeah, because RG three played for the Ravens, so there's that connect there and broke down exactly what he meant what he was trying to say. with that biblical <laughs> reference. But anyways, um, what I'm saying is, is so McNamara went out, meh, okay. You know, he, he looked okay. He looked like the typical game manager that he was, and Michigan's defense dominated, and then their offense got going. What I'm curious to see is this game against Hawaii. Hawaii mm-hmm. just gave up a 60-piece to Vandy who had a dual-threat quarterback. Mm-hmm. So I don't see why Michigan won't do the same thing with McCarthy, their dual-threat quarterback, mm-hmm. which I feel like if they explode the way Vandy did on Hawaii, if it's Michigan over. does that same thing, like how do you not name McCarthy the starter? I don't care that that Cade McNamara led us to a big led him to a Big Ten championship in a in a football playoff because it was funny because I watched uh, Pollock and Desmond Howard were, were having this discussion yep. and Pollock was like I mean if I'm in that locker room I mean I'm rallying around my guy I mean he got me to a Big Ten champion he got me to this and Desmond Howard a Michigan man mind you goes eh, I, I'm a little bit different I'm trying to win now so yeah. I'm gonna rally around whoever gives me the whoever best can. opportunity to win now this season last year yep. is last year 
this and, year, this uh, year. Well, Anyways, that's my Harpo only said it best. This is the quote, and I, I screenshot it because I can. This is what he said at the end of the season last year when everybody started clamoring about the court because this quarterback competition has been going on. All right. JJ got hurt in the spring, so he couldn't throw. But he says this: Harbaugh himself played it down twenty twenty one. As far as long term, who is going to be that prediction? Everybody rents that position. Nobody owns the position. Any mm-hmm. position on the field, even the head coach, it's a lease at best. Mm-hmm. And and I'll say this because since we're here, it's just. Harbaugh gets it, man. It's at the end of the day, it's about winning. Like it's it's about when. And he said, I mean, and I think for Harbaugh, this is probably the best he's ever. He's happiest he's been as a head coach because he's always wanted the quarterback battle. If you look mm-hmm. at his tenure at Michigan, he's never really had one. You know, you brought in Jake Rudock because you didn't like what Wilton Spade had. Then the next year, you let Wilton Spade, John O'Corn battle, John O'Corn battle it out, and it was eh. They both graduate. Then you bring in Shea Patterson. So that wasn't a quarterback battle. You know, everyone tried to make the Shea-Dylan McCaffrey thing happen. It didn't. Then the next year, you had Joe Milton. Well, you had Shea for two years. Then you have Joe Milton, who was supposed to be all-world, and we saw what that was. So then it was finally um, Cade's year last year. Well, this is what Jim Harbaugh wants. He wants a stocked quarterback room. He wants two guys. He's old school in that way, man. Like He's old school, raised up under Bo. This is what is one. I want the most talented quarterback room in the country, and I want you guys to – I'm going to roll the ball. He always says it. Let's put the balls out there, and let's see what happens. Yeah. And I agree with his methodology. So many – there's this guy on Twitter. I won't call him out, but he's just really, like, riding hard for Cade. Like, how could you do that? You messed up the chemistry of the team. And I'm like, oh, you know what helps chemistry of the team? Winning. Winning. Yeah. <laughs> like, winning. If Like you said, if J.J. comes out and drops a 60-piece, 60-piece, heck – if he just comes out and plays like he did in his few snaps this past week, it's it. Like, because what we have to understand this, and we'll move on, is, listen, what what's the guy from Ohio? I don't really, we don't, the guy who has the podcast, Josh Smith or whatever his name, the Coach Smith, Zach Smith. Oh, Zach Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, it like, he said this this one time, I'll call it in the clip on TikTok. He goes, even at Ohio State, every week he would have his receivers or whatever, whoever he coached, write out who do they think were the best receiver on the team. And he was like, 90%, 95% of the time, you know, unless a guy really thought he was that dude, they know. The players know. Yeah. Like, the players know. So, I say all this, say, oh, you're going to lose camaraderie? Nah, you're probably hurting the team more because if, and we don't see practice, don't get me wrong, but if this is what JJ's doing in practice and he has an errant throw here and there, but these receivers, which is our deepest position on our team, are like, he's getting me the ball, you know, they're in their head like, yeah, man, I mean, psh. I hope JJ play. I might actually get the ball. <laughs> like, right. I mean, I'm gonna go back to the my last my high school. We had this guy Ryan Moskowski who was all world, and then we had a backward quarterback Jeff Will. Love Jeff Will. You know, I like Jeff Will because Jeff Will throws me the ball. Ryan Moskowski <laughs> throws it to his friends. It's that simple, bro. It's that simple. So I think JJ ends up starting by week four, and that's the end of this Michigan quarterback battle because he gives us, like you said, we texted about it. He gives you an opportunity against a Georgia. Not saying we'll win, but he gives you a shot. I mean, and you're right. I mean, because I even remember when I was in high school, there'd be someone, if he was taking this, I was like, okay, I know I'm getting this this screen. Like, you know, we used to run the little bubble screen on both sides. And if someone was in, I always knew it was going to the other side. But yep. if, you know, this dude was in, I was like, all right, here we go. <laughs> yeah, I might get a ball today. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so 
I think what we need to hit on kind of in the afternoon slate before we get to the night games, and then I'm going to talk about my boys, but we had three big-time coaching debuts. Yep. Uh, had uh, Brent Venables at OU, uh, Mario Cristobal at Miami, and Lincoln Riley at USC. All of them, now look, they all had cupcakes. But all of them, I guess the way they won, the way their teams played, only doubled down on any hype and expectation that is surrounding them, either from their own fan bases or from the national media. So for me, if we want to talk overreactions, it might, and I'm self-included, I'm looking at USC, which I didn't actually get to watch them play because I don't have the Pac-12 network. I got to figure out who has the Pac-12 network. Does YouTube TV have it? Because they used so. to not. Like the, my first go around with YouTube TV, they didn't have it, but I guess they have they it They have now. everybody because they have ACC network, SEC. So I have time. everything else except Pac-12. But then as I think about it, I'm like, I mean, the only teams I care to watch in the Pac-12 are about to be in the Big Ten anyway. So... Right. <laughs> But, um, but, but yeah, so USC 66 to 14, three pick sixes in that game. And then of course, Caleb Williams did his thing. He was very efficient. I think he was like 19 to 22 threw for some touchdowns, ran for one. Um, then you have OU, uh, Dylan Gabriel running that, you know, the levy variation of the veer and shoot, you know, that mm-hmm. Baylor Art Bryles offense. Uh, looked very, very crisp, looked very solid. Their defense played well. I think OU finished that game with zero penalties. Um, wow. Which, I mean, Venables, you know, he's going to bring discipline. Like, that's what yep. he, that's that's, that's like one of his staples. And then you have Miami, which, you know, Bethune-Cookman, but they, you know. Bro, they blasted them. Boys. I know. As I'm saying, like, <laughs> it's a 70-piece. So, on paper, you're looking like, yeah, he's bringing that physicality to that. But. It's Bethune-Cookman. And you could say that for all of them. Obviously, Miami's getting ready to have a big test coming up in a couple of weeks with AM. Uh, USC has their first conference game coming up Next against week, Stanford, Stanford this weekend. And then OU, uh, I don't know. I always feel like their first real test is the Red River Shootout. Or, our, sorry, the Red River uh, Showdown. They, they've changed that Is that what that it's called name. now? Man, it's yeah, or Red I'm River Rivalry that. or whatever. But um. I grew up on it being the Red River Shootout, so I still call it that. Um, but anyways, that's uh, that's the debuts. And then, of course, uh, another top 25 matchup, uh, Arkansas versus Cincy. We also got to talk about the other uh, top 25 matchup, which was an absolute just dog walk. Uh, let's start there. And, you know, pun intended, as the yes. Georgia Bulldogs literally haven't skipped a beat since winning the national championship. It's not fair. It's not fair because not fair. <laughs> most teams, mine included, they come back for that first game and it's like, it's not that they're all the way back to square one, but like there's still a lot of things, some kinks to work through, right? Like mm-hmm. my thing with KJ Jefferson last year against Rice in the first half, he looked <laughs> awful. They were actually losing to Rice at halftime. Then yep. as the season progresses, he makes massive strides. Arkansas ends up winning nine games, including their New Year's Day Bowl. And so coming into the season, I'm thinking, yes, okay, if we could just pick up where we left off, like we're going to just dominate. And 
I mean, Arkansas won the game, but they definitely didn't pick up where they left off. There were definitely some kinks, some struggles that they had. I'll talk about that in a minute. But back to Georgia, there was none of that. I mean, they literally lose the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. They have another first rounder on that from that defensive front in the NFL draft. They lose uh, a secondary guy who started 13 games in the transfer portal. Um, wait, and, and, and what'd you say? Then they lose a secondary guy to the first round this I year. I think so. Well. Yeah, yes. I think so. So you're thinking like, I felt like they were going to blow Oregon out, right? Just because it's Georgia. I didn't think it was going to be a deal though, where like their defense dominating. hasn't skipped a beat. It was dominating. I mean, it's it unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Six, seven, the Darnell Washington, the six, seven freaking tight end. That runs like a freaking oh, gazelle. Six seven two seventy, bro. Like, yeah. what am I supposed to do with that dog? I don't care. What am I supposed to do with? I'm making a business decision if my man's running at me. You can, you can, Mister Go Thirty Me, the dude who does the Twitter things. I don't care. I'm making, I'm making a business decision when I see that massive super Avenger running at me. That dude's an Avenger, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, it was insane. Georgia looks just. Like I mean, obviously, beat. they're going to get into their season and into their conference schedule, and we'll see what happens. But my goodness, I, I don't, I don't see them. I don't no, know. I'm Again, I don't want to overreact. Schedule. It's the first week, Mm-mm. but when you're the number three team playing the number eleven team, you would at least expect there to be they're not some be competitive, even if it's just like for a half, right? And then the, there was none of that. I mean, it was just from. Opening kick, it, it was all Georgia. So, well, let me get to let me get to Your Arkansas. Boys. I'm not gonna go on too much of a tangent, but they beat Cincy 31-24. It's a little bit closer than expected. Here's what I'll say about Cincinnati. I hope, for my sake, like I hope they go and run the table the rest of the season because they were a very physical team, Fickle, um, and they play extremely hard and they're well coached like point blank and to be honest with you objectively they beat themselves more than Arkansas beat them now yeah a win is a win so I'm I'm I will take it I'm excited I'm I'm on to next week which I'll touch on that when we look ahead to next week because our conference season officially kicks off this you know week two were a lot of good things I saw out of Arkansas. Um, KJ Jefferson, our quarterback, he's he's got some kinks to work out, which I'm sure he will. I mean, it wasn't near what it was a year ago, but I'm thinking about how a year ago we go into half against Rice, losing, come out and end up winning that game, but then the next week against Texas, it's like we just lit them up. Yeah, and so I'm 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 hoping and thinking that there's that same kind of big leap from uh week one to week two, like like last year. But I've got a buddy who's a former Razorback quarterback who made an excellent point to me. He said, You saw our offensive game plan, right? I was like, Well, yeah, I mean, it was definitely very, very vanilla. Mm-hmm. And he was telling me, he said, sometimes when you have a vanilla game plan and the players know it's a vanilla game plan, you get vanilla effort. And mm. so I'm hoping that's kind of what it was just that week one, you know, 
but it's a ranked opponent. So I'm thinking, but then again, it is Cincinnati. And even as a fan, I'm going, ah, it's a group of five team. They just lost like everybody. everybody they lost right. Ritter, who was their quarterback for like the last decade. They lost a top 10 corner. They lost another corner to the, the who won the and, freaking Thorpe award to right. the NFL draft. I mean, I'm thinking, okay, like, but they, yeah. uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm from, from has those boys ready to play. Yeah. And I looked at their schedule and I thought, Hey, they may very well mess around and go 11 and one, which only helps. Which they did two years ago. Arkansas's <laughs> case. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Cause then they lose to Ohio state or something. And then, yeah, I think it was like Ohio state. Then yeah, they played Georgia in like the sugar bowl or something like that. So, yeah. Well, yeah. so I, I, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of on to, to, to next week. Well, before I, I, you move on, Pass yeah. to the to the evening games. Okay, you you got to address you got to address our favorite guy, my man Scott Frost. Oh, yeah. I actually watched that game because <laughs> my friend, and yeah, my friend Corey's a Nebraska, <laughs> so we're like in the back at work. Did you know it was like a one score game to like? I was gonna say that's a one. That's another game. one where the score doesn't really tell the story of the game. Dude, if Scott Frost would have lost that game, mm. there's no way he's the head coach at University of Nebraska. I, dude, I watched them, and I watched that game. Like, I watched that game. Um, dude, it, Nebraska does not look good. Mm. Like, they don't. They, I don't see them winning eight, nine games this year. Yeah, I don't even know if they go bowling, bro. I don't know. God, man. That's all I have to say about that. I just... That's- as every, I feel like every week I have to give Scott Frost some attention here. <laughs> I I just don't, dude. It was it wasn't even against North Dakota State. It was North Dakota. Yeah, I I know. Well, Anyways, that's it. I guess before we get into the evening, I kind of I kind of want to touch on just kind of run through some of. Obviously, I like to watch SEC because that's where my team is, and um, uh, Ole Miss. They beat Troy 28 to 10, but it, I didn't watch that game. I kind of was, I mean, I had it on one of my screens. I was kind of peeking at it. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm looking forward to actually watching though, watching them play a game. <clears throat> Maybe this week I need to look at the, the slate of games. I guess we're about to get to that. But all I know is that their offense struggled initially. Cause I remember thinking like I was so frustrated with Arkansas that I started kind of looking around the league at some other, and I thought, oh, okay, well, it looks like Ole Miss is kind of struggling with Troy, and it looks like uh, uh, A&M for a while. Dude, A&M in Sam Houston State, like that was they, – they, they did not look good. Now, they had a ma- major weather delay, and then they ended up winning like 30-something to zero. But I remember watching, looking at both – peeking at both of those two, thinking, okay, well, they're, they're struggling a little bit offensively as well. And then I think Ole Miss ended up – you know, yeah, I guess 28 away. to 10. I don't know. I don't know what the fans expectation was. You know, we got our boy, Tommy, who's a big old Miss guy. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm curious what his like expectation going to that game is. And then with that 28, 10 victory, obviously a win is a win, right? You're always kind of right, like me right. with Cincinnati, but like, I'm, I'm, I'm a little apprehensive slightly going into this next week's game for us. Cause it's a conference game and just looking at how we played I'm, yep. I'm convincing myself of, of things to, to, to feel better, but just watching that game, I was not really pleased. And so I'm curious from an Ole Miss standpoint with the new quarterback, Kiffin having new quarter, uh, sorry, new coordinators and new 
you know, some new assistant coaches. Yeah. Like, I wonder what their feel is with that because I don't know, 28 to 10 against Troy and you're coming off a sugar bowl, mm. you know, season. Are you, are you, are you expecting to take a step back? Is it kind of like, ah, we just got to find our rhythm with all these new, you know, faces. But, um, and then of course, A&M, like I watched probably the whole first quarter, maybe half of the second quarter in, in conjunction with the Michigan game. And I wasn't real impressed with what they were doing. Um, offensively. Well, that's, what's crazy is, is like, it seems like that's Jimbo's kind of run into that. And like last year, they, they lose to Mississippi state, lose to us. And then they come out and beat. Bama, Bama. And we were like, Oh, where, where did this come from? So I'm curious to see them. I guess they're going to have, I think they play app state this week, actually. I um, think so too. And then, and then they'll have Miami uh, week three. Ooh, and then I finally uh, Mississippi state, they looked very solid against Memphis. I think Leach finally has like, the players and the type of quarterback. Eh, look, mm. Will Rogers is returning. He's not new. What I'm saying is, is to finally get his system like rolling how he wants it. Rolling how he wants it. Now, how will it play out in the SEC? We'll see. Can he get over that six win, five to seven win? I, I don't know. But I mean, it, it looked very efficient against Memphis. That quarterback is very accurate. Receivers seem to. I mean, you know how that system is. It's all about run into the open space and yep. the quarterback throw into that open space and then yep. getting yards after catch and, and then taking your shots. Right. Yep. You know? Um, and they, they, the, the little bit I watched of that game. So that's just kind of my quick sec. And I also do that. Cause I know we've got people who like are fans of sec of teams SEC. That, that listen. Yeah, and I kind of want to hear from them though. Like I want to know, like, right. Uh, 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 A&M. Cause I know we got some A&M listeners. Yep. Like, are you, you know, obviously the way the game ended, you're looking at it going, oh, I mean, we shut them out. We're good. But if you watch the first half of that game, do you it have any pretty. concerns? And then same for Ole Miss. So, all right. Sorry. I'm sure we'll get texts about it. <laughs> yeah. So get to the – you can go ahead and get to the night. Well, um, dude, do you want to talk about Florida-Utah? <sighs> Man, I mean, I did so much stuff. Why don't you talk about Ohio State-Notre Dame? Well, I, I got a lot to say about that. Ohio State Notre Dame. We'll go for it because I just went on a whole tangent with the SEC, and then I'll, I'll, I'll. I mean, I don't yes. have a lot to say about Florida, Utah. Honestly, I mean, it was Anthony a great game. Richardson looks, he looks legit. Oh yeah, he um, looks the part. Plays so, the part. <sighs> Ohio State Notre Dame one. Now, what did I text you earlier this week? And I was like, dude, I got this feeling, man. I think, I think Notre Dame can take them. You're like, really? Yeah, yeah. I think they're gonna get dog. And every, and I text Corey the same thing, and he was like, "Man, I think they're gonna get dog walked." And I was yeah. like, "I just got a tingling feeling, man." Now <laughs> the spread was seventeen and a half. Part of me is a high size. Now, and and I've let me get this out the way. I've been very objective about Ohio State from the yeah. get go. I've been saying, I think they have the best offense in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to Marcus Freeman though, like. Yeah. Bro, had had those boys ready to play. And I, I say this because I was, like, watching the game um, at a restaurant, and then I went home, so I, like, and I did kind of, like, go back and look at it a little more. But if Notre Dame had, like, any, I feel like, semblance of a real good offense, mm-hmm. I think they would have beat them. Like, dare I say, dare I say this about Ohio State, 
they look mortal. Mm. They looked, they've looked, that's the most mortal they've looked probably in a very, very, I'm not saying they, they aren't good. Don't, Ohio State fans don't come for me. Like, I'm not saying they're not good. Jim Knowles has that defense looking very much to improve. And everyone's been saying they, they're improved on defense, but I'm like, eh, here's, here's, my, here's my kickback on that. Notre Dame wasn't really like a juggernaut of an offense, though. So, like, can we really they, – they did what they were supposed to do, so they held them to 10 points. But, like, wasn't Notre Dame out like their two best receivers? I know their best receiver just tore his, like, ACL in preseason camp or something like that. Yeah, well, in their whole game plan, if you watched, it wasn't about scoring a lot of points. It was literally about keeping Ohio State's offense off the field, which they executed masterfully. If not for a missed opportunity here or there, I mean – I, I literally think they went into that game going, let's just see if we could score 17 points. That's it. But but we do it controlling the possess- time of possession, keeping Ohio State off, and see if we can't keep them to 14 with minimal possessions. But I don't know. And that's the thing. Like, I think um, they look mortal, man. And shout out to Marcus Freeman. I think, like, if he keeps recruiting the way – I think this was a huge recruiting win for him. Mm. Like, look at what we're building Look at the team I got. Like, I think he could walk into any offensive kid like that he really wants in that in their room and being like, "Oh, bro, if you get here, we would have freaking we would have blew them out." Um, on the Ohio State side, man, I think this was just um, it's what it's what I've been saying about Ryan Day. You know, C.J. Stroud alluded to it in the uh, in the post game. Like, everyone's been saying we're not tough. Everyone's been saying we're not tough, and we proved we were tough. And I'm like. I don't feel like I, I watched the game and I didn't feel like they were tough. I felt like they were they were more sound. Um, and I think they made plays like shout out to the defensive tackle on um, who made it. But I was, you know, this is the first year they haven't had like a Bosa type coming off the edge. Like Zach Harrison's supposed to be that guy. I just don't see it. They didn't have like a, um, what's my man, uh, uh, the, the guy that was after the Bosa's. Like they just, Chase I don't know. Young. Yeah, Chase Young. It just felt like Ohio State was mortal. Mm-hmm. Like I looked at this is this was my God honest thought, and you can go back and listen to last week's episode. I was like, I don't know if Michigan can beat them. I actually watched yes that game, and I was like, I think Michigan can beat them. Like mm-hmm. I, I really felt I was like, and this isn't me being a fan. This was me just like objectively watching the game, and I was like, oh, I think Michigan can beat them. Like I really feel like if Michigan, they don't even have to play their best game if they just play a sound game. Right. They got the firepower to beat them. Um, now, obviously, we know Jackson Smith and Nigbo was out, but the, well, and that's but it, what, I want to talk about that because Njigba went out, and it made me think of something you said in one of our episodes following up bowl season after that Rose Bowl, that insane shootout mm-hmm. against Utah when he went off. You said. He's the first receiver off the board. If I'm him, I'm not even playing, not playing my anymore. my 2023 or 2022 season. I'm just opting out. I'm going to get ready for the draft. I've got nothing left to show or prove. He probably would have been drafted before in this have. year's draft. He would and have. now he's got this injury. We don't really know. Because that's the thing with hamstring injuries. As someone who had dealt with <clears throat> one in high school, tore mine twice, mm. like, they just never really like go away until mm-hmm. it goes away type deal. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, oh, it's just a hamstring pull. But like if you come back even a day early, you Over. could tear it like that. So 
that's something that can nag and linger. And so I'm curious how much that stuff starts to play in as well is, okay, is he going to be fine and he's going to be back, you know, before they get back yeah. to into conference play? Or is he going to say, eh, I'm going to be the first receiver off the board. Do I really? And and I mean, I'm sh- and people say NIL is a great equalizer for that, but I don't know. Like, I'm like, he's about to be a bona fide top 10 pick. If right. it was this past year's draft, he would have been a top five. Like, mm. surely, without a doubt, he would have been picked over Alave and Garrett Wilson. Yeah, so I, I think – go ahead. Well, no, I'm saying I'm, I'm actually looking here. It's looking like there he may not have to miss any games. I mean, who and, knows? And, and I'm sure he's a gamer. Like, I'm sure he's going to want to play. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, I think he's going to want to – all I'm saying is Trey is – the offense that I thought – and give, don't get me wrong, it was week one. Notre Dame had a really good defense. Um, I just wasn't sold on Ohio State. It just – it goes back to the thing I've been saying since last season. This team does not strike fear in me like Urban Meyer did. They mm. don't look tough. And everyone's mm. saying, Jim Knowles, Jim Knowles. And Jim Knowles did a great job with this defense this past week. But they still didn't look tough. They just looked sound. Because as I always say, leadership drips from the top. And I just don't think Ryan Day has the edge and the toughness in him that Urban Meyer has. I'm not saying he's a bad coach. Just See, I don't believe it. And I kind of feel like the defense struggled because obviously you can look at, oh, they only, held, they, held, they only scored 10 points. But that doesn't tell the story. Like, True. Notre Dame was moving the chains. They were. And staying on the field really all night until – Probably like, you know, as you got deep into the fourth quarter and they had, I don't really remember like the exact sequence, but there was a series of things that happened that kind of mm-hmm. opened it up for Ohio State. But Well, they blitzed those safeties and the, the post route was wide open. That what it was? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, but offensively, first off, how good is Notre Dame's offense supposed to be this year? One. And Not then good. two... <laughs> Their their whole approach, I feel like this season is going to be a very ball control, keep the chains moving type of offense. And I, I'm like, they did exactly what they wanted to do against Ohio State's defense. Now, mm-hmm. if a team decides they want to come out and try and score 40 points against them, I don't know. Like, they're going to run into that at some yeah. point. But yeah. that is not at all what Notre Dame w- w- was trying to do. So, okay, well, I guess, I mean, we can get to Utah, Florida. I don't have a ton to say on it. It was a good game. I mean, it's funny because so the dude from Last Chance, you uh, coach Jason Brown. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, you know, I watch him on TikTok. Yeah, so yeah, or on (laughs) yeah, or on Twitter, and he (laughs) he'll post like these little clips. Like he's just sitting there watching the game. And then, like, something will, like, happen, and it'll trigger him, and he'll get his phone, and he'll play it on the he's TV, hilarious. and he's talking. <laughs> and he's saying something about, I mean, uh, in what world should some, you know, and he's pretty unfiltered. He's like, in what world should some ever from Salt Lake City, Utah, have right. better players than Gainesville, Florida? I mean, <laughs> what is going on? And he's like, this is not an upset. In other words, going like, I don't care what the rankings say. Like, Florida did what they were supposed to do that game. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, if not for that errant throw there at the end of the game, I mean, Utah probably wins. And I know it's a big upset, and Napier starts his journey with the top ten. But let's not forget, I mean, this is a Florida team that, I mean, did they not, like, come 
a, a possession away from beating Bama last year. Yep. Like, because I, I remember talking about that when you were like, maybe Dan Mullen exposed yeah, some things the here. Yeah, thing about Saban, yeah, about his defense. Yeah. The the bottom just kind of fell out on that team. Um, but I'm like, I don't know. I mean, Utah, he they were being picked in some people's, um, you know, CFP and all that. Like I said, I'm standing behind the team in the Pac-12. Sorry, the Pac. I said Pac-10 and Pac-12, but the team in the Pac-12 is, uh, in my opinion, USC and their schedule. I think they got to play Utah, they got to play UCLA, and they got to play Notre Dame. Um, I mean, outside of that, they should win. They should be the favorite, and they should win comfortably. You know, I think, but. I don't know. That quarterback for Florida, he's legit. I, I am curious to see what they look like against their conference competition. Yeah. Not an out-of-conference team that has a high-ranked number next to their name. Yep. That's gonna and say not to take anything away from Utah, but... Uh, Florida got boys, man. They got yeah. dogs. They just yeah. got dogs. Which was my breakout, my, my dark horse this year was Florida. Yep. That's right. Um... So let's see. Any that was it for me on Saturday. Yeah, I think for me. Um, so, well, other than my dark horse for the ACC getting pounded. Um, yeah, they did by Syracuse. And okay, Michael so Phoenix Jr. looked good at Washington, FYI. We don't have to yeah. touch on that. But he no, did look he, good at Washington. He And that he was did. my dark horse in the, in the Pac-12. Pac-12, they played well. Um Okay, so let's get to Sunday. There were two oh. games. Oh, what what you got? No, Sunday was good. I'm oh, saying, yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, so we could start with the Orange Blossom Classic. You had Jackson State versus uh, FAMU and Shador Sanders. I mean. Primetime, baby. It was showtime. And it was we showtime talked, in Miami. We, we did talk about this last week where I was saying that their philosophy offensively appears to be shifting. They haven't, like, come out and just point blank said this, I don't think, but. Like last year, they were a more run and shoot type of mm-hmm. team, whereas now they're a more air raid type of team, and it just seemed like things were just clicking. I mean, mind you, this was a game that was seven to six a year ago, seven right. to six, <laughs> right? And I know FAMU is dealing with the ineligibility thing, but they still look good against North Carolina. I mean, I was actually looking at this being a good game. And, I mean, 59-3, Shador (laughs) lit them up. And let's not forget the number one recruit, Travis Hunter, basically took away one side of the field all day. And and he's everything that people said he was. Mm -hmm. Like, I watched that game, and I was like, this kid is everything – People and then I think people also lose the fact that they had that top hundred wide receiver commit to Jackson State as well. Yeah, that's everything's right. been overshadowed because Travis Hunter was the number one guy. But that's right, he looked. I forget his name, man. I the feel four bad star. Yeah, like dude, he looked. Man, <sighs> we texted yeah. about it. It just sucks that they have to play in a celebration bowl. Don't like HBCU Twitter. Don't kill me for this, but it just sucks because I would love to see those dudes play in the playoffs. Well, and like I was saying, man, I want to see him play against NDSU. You know, North yeah. Dakota State. And you got to think they play that championship game in Frisco every year in North Dakota state. They turn it into like, 
Like they say the whole town is like green and yellow yeah. every year <laughs> when they're playing in that game. But then you take in all the support that Dion has in the, the Dallas Metroplex. That game, imagine a championship. It would be insane. Jackson State versus NDSU. Like it would be and then just what, what Jackson State means to like the community yeah. itself for HBCUs. That is a man, that's a hundred million dollar weekend. <laughs> like yeah. flat out. That would be a big time weekend. Crazy. It so would I'm, be so, so let's say they run the table, Jackson State, go, you know, win the mm-hmm. swag, win the celebration bowl, would that be I guess it'd be thirteen and oh. So now you will have gone eleven and two and thirteen and oh. <clears throat> like, do you think they start to make a push for let us in the FCS playoffs? I think so. I think knowing Dion Dion wants to compete against the best. I mean, mm-hmm. it's. I just heard a speech about like why they need to create tiers in the Hall of Fame. Like he wants mm-hmm. to know I am the best. He wants his his teams to feel like he is the. They are the best. And I think um, and and I think he'll actually get it. And here's why: like Dion has almost been like and I, the prodigal son isn't a great analogy, but somewhat some it fits in certain parts of the narrative that he's just kind of taken Jackson State from being Jackson State to like oh my god. Mm-hmm. They've an HBCU has never received this much attention ever. Mm-hmm. They've never gotten this type of funding probably outside of Howard and uh, Spellman and more like those are like the meccas. But Jackson State, man, I, I I think like for and I'm just speaking for the HBCU community. If he does that and he starts making a push, I think they come to the table and they might say, "Yeah, this might be our best shot," because yeah. you're starting to see this resurgence of HB. I mean, they've always done well, and I don't want them to come for me but you're starting to see this resurgence of kids being interested in right. hb and not just athletes i'm talking about just kids in right. general um and this gives you more national media ex- i mean if they're even thinking from that standpoint i think you know and in, in all colleges it's still a money grab like let's be honest well well i mean you play in the, in the playoff it's like yeah they why not well like skip and shannon like the most watched sports show on tv had a whole segment about Jackson State, Shador, and Coach right. Prime. <laughs> right. Like, that's why, why not? That's indispensable coverage that you're getting. That, yeah, I mean, I, I think you have to, man. Like, if it, it brings more funding to the school, brings more attention to the school, I think, uh, and Dion's the right guy for it. And I think if he pushes for it, they get it because we always know what he's going to be fighting every year is the Power Five jobs going to come calling. And if they mm-hmm. go undefeated this year and he. I mean, he's flipped that program around from, like, nothing to something in yeah. two years. And he was able to steal the number one. Rec- and everyone's saying he's doing this without Power 5 resources. Right. So I think I think if Jackson's the HBCU, because I think they all have to probably vote on it in some way, shape, or form, mm. I think they'll probably want to keep their own home, if I can say it that way, and know, like, yeah, in order to potentially keep him here, we're going to have to allow him to compete against the best of the best. Um, I think that's the only way he sticks, man. They have to do that. Uh, yeah. And uh, or let both sides, instead of having both sides play in the Celebration Bowl, let them both go compete in the FCS playoff. Yeah. Let now, you're, now, you're, now it's not just about Jackson State. Like you're expanding it's about everybody. To both sides, both conferences. But all right. Well, moving on Sunday arguably the game of the weekend. And if it's not the game of the weekend, it is by far the finish of the weekend. Incredible. Like 
This Florida State LSU. Incredible. Oh, my Incredible. Goodness. That's why I love college football. Bro. I I tell you, like, as an Arkansas fan, I'm like what I'm seeing as far as LSU is concerned. I, I, I anticipate there probably being some sort of quarterback controversy before they even get to us. Because uh, the guy they got in there, don't get me wrong, the guy can make plays with his legs, but... I mean, one trick pony, as far as I was concerned, mm-hmm. um, wasn't really able to make any plays downfield. Uh, uh, you know, this is obviously after the game, but it sounds like everything's already in shambles with the All-American receiver, Boutte. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it? Wiped his wiped his Instagram and apparently is entering Ooh, the transfer yeah. portal. Uh, allegedly, there's another guy that is on the team that did the same thing. Uh, they're all American defensive linemen and this sucks, but he tore his ACL. So he's out the other defensive lineman. I don't know what his injury was or is, but he, he may be out. So this whole thing could not have gone any worse for the debut of Brian Kelly. And then on the other side of the field, a guy who might be coaching for his job this year in Mike Norvell, he gets it done. Yeah. And, and and I felt like, with the exception of one play call, <clears throat> I thought he was very masterful in how he called that I game agree. until he called the pitch on the one-yard line yeah, that almost cost him the game. I agree. I agree. I, I, well, to the the boot. Boutte or the boot? I don't know because you know it's French down there. So they, they, like, it, it, that, I'm just saying what they were saying. They okay. were saying Boutte. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, supposedly he was back at film on yesterday or whatever. Supposedly. Mm, so okay. that's that's the rumor. That's back. the latest. Yeah, the latest. He was back at film. Him and the other guy just wiped their stuff clean because of the backlash they received, and they were just going zero dark thirty for the remainder of the season. Gotcha. That's okay. the latest report. Um. Also, there was some semblance of somebody said he's called Brian Kelly the fake Ed Orger. <laughs> well, I think that was a that was a fake Twitter account. It, it, my, it, was, hey, it was a fake, you just never know these days. Yeah. <laughs> I think it, it was a fake McMurphy account or something because I saw that too and I was like, "What?" And then I thought, "Oh, that's probably." Oh, was it going by? Yeah, I just caught the vir- the viral some other. You know how the talking heads yes. like we do. I was like, "Dang." Um, yeah, man. Like we were texting about it. Great. I mean, Norvell, man. Like, I mean, now Norvell. What a man! I'm everywhere yeah, this morning. Novell. Novell, he called a great offense, a great game, man. And you know what, Florida State felt like they were in it. Like I watched the whole game. It, they felt like I felt like, and you know, you get it. You're watching a team. You're like, oh, they actually believe they can win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it wasn't like, hey, we're in this. Like I'm watching Florida State. Like, oh, they actually think they can. Win. And it was, and it's what we said though when we talked about Florida State in our preview. It's not like they don't have talent, right? It's not. It's not like they don't have talent. I think their quarterback Travis. I mean, he did what he was supposed to do. He kept the game alive on his feet. Mm-hmm. They didn't. I felt like they didn't put too much pressure on him to make big time throws. Just stay right. ahead of the chains, and he made the big throw when he had to. You know, um, dude, it, it just made me excited to see what Florida State's going to do this year. Because based upon what we saw last night, I feel like the ACC's like even this this weekend. The ACC's wide open. Well, I, yeah, you just took the words out of my mouth because I was like, in getting to the Clemson Georgia Tech game, like. I don't even really have much to say about it other it than trash. is the ACC up for grabs now? I mean, could a team like Miami, Florida State, I picked NC State, and they looked awful this they weekend against more. East Carolina. Terrible. So it's like, could one of these other, you know, 
low-key blue bloods like Florida State or Miami make a push. Um, I don't think any of them are good enough to do anything once they get into oh no that final four. But oh no, Clemson. We'll see though because I think did you say this? Did you say it on air about Klubnik taking over? Kind of like uh, uh, hmm. Trevor uh, Lawrence, Lawrence did. Yes, I did. I said that either last week or the week before. And you, you said at some point this season, yeah. I think you predicted that that would happen. And <clears> so, that would happen, like the Kelly Bryant situation. Yeah, so that's that could totally change the narrative around Clemson. But if, you know, obviously, yeah, they beat Georgia Tech 41-10. to 10, But if you actually watch that game, the, that, the, the Georgia again, Tech the, had any offense. Yeah, if they had anything, Georgia Tech is awful. They're horrible. They're horrible. And they were right there with Clemson, like deep into the third quarter, I think. It was like seven, yeah. it was a 17 10 ball game. I just don't understand how Georgia Tech can be. I've seen Georgia Tech. The campus is wonderful. You're in the middle of Atlanta. Yeah. You're in Georgia. Like, how are you bad? <laughs> like, I just, you should be decent every year. You should at least be an eight and four club every year. Like, you're in a hotbed of talent and one of the biggest cities in America and you're downtown. Like, facilities are great. I don't understand how you're bad. I just don't. <clears throat> I don't. Um, yeah, so I just – I don't have anything else on that Clemson-Georgia Tech. They were just – well, okay, to what you were just saying, though, what's their academic? Because aren't they like a – they're, in, like they're a, engineering school, so – I mean, I is think. there something there – and then, of course, it doesn't help that for the last decade they've run the triple, yeah, triple option. <laughs> but, I mean, right. the guy that's there now, I mean, he's been there four, four or five. This is year four, I think, isn't it? Something like that, yeah. I just like, how how can you not? I mean, at one I, point in time, they were competing for a national championship in the, in the 90s, early 90s, I think. Um, I don't know, man. It came down to them one year in Georgia. Was it 91? I don't remember. But, um, yeah, like, how can you not? I mean, just in your own metropolitan area, like how can you not Bring field a team town. that's like competitive in the <clears> ACC? <throat> like, come on, you're not even in the, you're not even in the SEC. You're in the ACC. Like, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I should I take know. them over on my NCAA dynasty. <laughs> well, unfortunately, you have to have Russell uniforms because that's when they still I have the, the Russell unis. That that's big for me in that game. Like if if they don't have the right branding and the right uniforms, like I ain't gonna take them over. So yeah, no, that's true. Um. Okay, we well here. I mean, we're we're. It's funny. Like we've we've just kind of gone from. Trying to, we were like, I remember last year, like, okay, just try to get 45 minutes to an hour. Now we're like, you know what? Eh. We do an hour and a half in our sleep, bro. Right. It's, um, well, it's college football, man. It's only like 20 weeks out of the year. So let's end <laughs> with, yeah, I know. Seriously. So let's end with this. It's something we did last week. Give me for week two your top game to watch. Hmm. That does not include your team. What game are you most looking forward to that does not involve your team? Ooh, this is a tough one. Um, I think I know a game you'll pick, but I'm gonna pick this game up because I'm actually interested to watch it after last week. Um, I'm excited about this Tennessee pick game. Ooh, yeah. I think I think it's being overshadowed. Every and, be, and the only game that matters to everybody this week is Bama like UT, obviously. But I think Tennessee Pitt is going to be a really, 
really good game. After what Pitt showed last week, everybody's big on Hooker at Tennessee this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tennessee came out swinging. Yeah. They, I mean, they blew that team out the water. I forget who they played, but I, I remember watching pieces of that game. Yeah. So I, I, to me, I think that's like that's going to be, and it's on the it's in the three thirty slot. So I think it's going to be a really real well three thirty East Coast, two thirty your time. But that that's the game. I'm like, oh, that's going to be um. A really, hopefully, a really good game based upon the two offenses, yes. offenses that I saw this past uh, this past week. So that Tennessee Pitt game is the game I have circled, honestly. Yeah, Tennessee kind of runs out. It's it's amazing how much that Art Browles veer and shoot has really started to matriculate throughout the SEC mm-hmm. because Ole Miss runs it a variation of it. Tennessee runs a variation of it. Arkansas, I mean, the son of the innovator of it is right. the offensive coordinator, so they run. I mean. But they all run like their own variation of it. And, yeah, they came out swinging. I think it was Ball State. Yeah, it was um, Ball State. That's like was. Interception first play, touchdown second play. And, mm-hmm. I mean, just with the whole getting the receiver spread out. And if you got a quarterback that's got the arm to make the defense have to respect that, it really opens things up for that little ISO running game. But, yeah, dude, that – I forgot about that one. That's, that's a good game. That's a good one. That dude, be a good game. Mine's actually – not maybe what you were thinking. Okay. Or maybe it is. But honestly, mine's USC Stanford. Mm-hmm. So um, finally being able to sit and watch USC play, see that offense, see that yep. team, see that defense. Here's my thing with the defense. I got hammered when I was making videos about USC in the offseason. Mm-hmm. And in, in, in Grinch, and I'm getting hammered because what I kept trying to say is that I understand that Grinch did not have success, I think, at Ohio State, at OU. Like, he, he, but where did he make a name for himself as a defensive coordinator? At Washington State in the mm-hmm. Pac 12. And so I'm thinking he's back in the conference where he was really good as a defensive coordinator. And in his first game, his, his side of the ball, his unit, scores three touchdowns. Yeah. But I'm curious to see how they look against a conference opponent. Stanford actually took care of business last week. Yep. Um, I'm not saying they're on anybody's top list to win the conference or anything, but like, if you're USC and you're going to do what everybody thinks, US, what a lot of people think USC can do with Lincoln Riley, like these are the types of games you have to win. You have to win them, man. And... Um, so I'm looking forward to that one. I'm actually not really – I really don't care about that Texas-Bama game because as far as I'm concerned, it's, it's not going to be a game. <laughs> now, you I, know it's a game I feel like everyone's sleeping on? It's Baylor-BYU. Yeah, well, they'll literally has, be sleeping on that one. Yeah, truly. Cause it's in a, and Baylor's the underdog in that game, according to Vegas. That's crazy. Which is crazy. And then you still have Florida-Kentucky, which Will Levis is supposed to be a top 10, yeah. top 15 draft pick potentially versus Anthony Richardson in – who was on Bruce Feldman's freak list? So man, there's act. People keep saying there's not any good games week two. I'm like, no, oh, there's dude. some really good yeah. games week two. I'm I'm curious on this BYU Baylor too because Baylor, I mean uh, BYU, Arkansas travels to BYU this year. Okay, man, we've got like a sort of you know sort of sneaky tough non conference. We're at BYU. We just played Cincinnati. Um, hmm. And uh, I mean, I guess we got Missouri State and Liberty, but Missouri State and Liberty have two excellent coaches with Petrino and Hugh Freeze. So it's like <laughs> even our even our what are supposed to be cupcake games are going to be extremely well coached. But yep, there. Uh, 
looking. I'm scrolling through. That Mississippi State Arizona game could get interesting. Chet Fish. <laughs> Chet Fish. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with USC Stanford though. Is my most looking forward to. Oh, that Houston, 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 Texas Tech. That should be a good one. McGuire versus. Uh-huh. Yeah. Holgerson. I like that. And uh some sneaky good games. There yeah, I I have to agree. And I mean, yeah, that's all I care about this week outside of my boys playing at 8 p.m. So Yeah, my squad's playing at 11. Got South Carolina. Like that's going to be that like should if be you, a good if, game. If you don't have anybody to watch at the 11 a.m. slot and you don't want to watch Alabama blow out Texas, Watch the Arkansas South Carolina game. That'll be a good I mean, game. that's ESPN. Uh, I said it so confidently a couple weeks ago, where I was like, "Any other year, but not this year. This year, South Carolina ain't coming into Fayetteville and beating Arkansas." And now I'm like, "Man, after that Cincinnati game, I'm a little nervous, no. but I also feel like we're gonna turn that switch that we did last year playing Texas. Rattler threw like he, three yeah, interceptions, two so picks. He didn't look great." I mean, we're we're now our secondary Catalan might be out, dude. That's the thing. I've heard that would be fine. I've heard he's gonna. He, it's his hand, and he's gonna cast and play with a cast. But that might actually even be some insider news. I don't know, but we'll see. <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah man. man, week two is gonna right. be great, man. Week two, we'll see y'all after week two. We'll break it all down. And I think next week we'll be able to get back into our rhythm of uh, biggest surprise, biggest overreaction, biggest disappointment. and um, True minute. Know. We haven't done a true minute. Yeah, we need to get the true minute drill back going. That was fun. So, But, man, when you got five straight days of college football, you got to just – You got to break gotta, it all down. You got to break <laughs> it all down. So, And we don't do it for clicks, man. We really like we really are saying what we truly believe, whether we're right or wrong, whether yep. we're being overly homer or not. Like it truly is from the gut, from the heart, with what we're bringing. So we just love this thing, man. Well, as always, man. Thanks for joining in. Thanks, hey guys. You know you can always DM us. Um, I say this, so let me say this to our listeners, yes. and we love all of you guys. I'm glad you guys text us. Uh, we love your feedback. But I want you to think from this perspective. There's about 30 more of you that text us. <laughs> like, bro, I get I don't know if you get them, you get these like dissertations from people like uh-huh. and you're like, man, I so appreciate that. Could you DM that to us on social media? So, like cause Saturday, my phone is just like, you said this on the phone. I'm like, thank you so much for the support. So just DM us your questions, man. We appreciate it. Um, and it makes it a little bit easier, at least for me to manage. Um, well, and share it. Share us. Send it to yeah. somebody. Shout out my buddy. Uh, 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 actually, his name's Brandon as well. Uh, we call him B. He sent it. He played college ball. It's funny. He actually played college ball with Matt LaFleur, the head coach of the Packers. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. And uh, he sent he sent our pod to uh, a bunch of his former teammates. And um, so I, I appreciate that. So I'll give yeah, him man, a shout out. Yeah, man. Thanks for sharing, man. We appreciate it. anyone you else, you know, share it with one person. I mean, if they're a Spotify or an Apple, send them the link. If they watch on YouTube, if you're watching on YouTube, hit subscribe. Uh, we kind of just have a, 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 a sort of a melting pot of where all of our views and listens come from. Like, they, they, there's so many different platforms yeah. that it doesn't really matter. We just want people to get the content. So if you. Yep. Are, are, are an avid listener, I, I'm going to ask that you consider sharing us whatever platform you use 
with, you know, your network. And keep filling, sending us the questions, man. We got to get back to that. The question. Yeah, mailbag. Not the mailbag. We'll be back on to our normal flow. The first two weeks were just oh, first two weeks. So first two weeks. <laughs> yes. All right, fam. Well, hey, until next time, man, we love you guys. Hey, winners, rest in your victories. Losers, soaking the world. Until next week. College football. I love March Madness. Man, I love college.